Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Burns Hargis, president of Oklahoma State University. As you know, February is Black History Month. It was officially recognized for the first time in 1976 by President Gerald Ford. His words were spot on when he called on our country to, and I quote, seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. Each year we do just that at Oklahoma State University's Diversity Hall of Fame. This week on our podcast, we're featuring an interview recorded at our most recent ceremony. You'll hear from Hall of Fame inductee, Dr. Earl Mitchell, a longtime professor at OSU and our first tenured African-American professor. You'll also hear from Jordan Knight, a recent graduate recognized as a rising star. These accomplished individuals discuss their journey and offer their perspective on race issues we're still dealing with in society. And now, here is our interview. So let's just have a little conversation here about you all's background, and uh, then we'll go, go on into your, your education. Or where were you born and where were you raised? I was born in New Orleans and grew up in housing projects. Uh, I was one of the uh, oldest of seven children in New Orleans. My father was a postman, but he had three jobs. He never let my, wife, my mother work because he thought she should stay home and he would take care of the, the family. So all my knowledge and, and understanding about family comes from my father. Uh, you should provide for your family. But my wife also grew up in the same area. So Bernice and I have been together for 61 years. We've Goodness. been together since high school. Congratulations. And I went to Xavier University in New Orleans, historically black college. The only co- a Catholic, Catholic college. college. Is that the only historical black college? It was the only Catholic, Catholic historical black college, That's but the- only, also the only college in the world that was coeducational. Uh, right. no, no, there were no coeducational colleges in, in the Catholic I church see. at the time. Interesting. Special dispensation for the Pope for that. But it's a coeducational school. It was very fortuitous for you. A great chemistry program, and that's where I got my degree in chemistry. Uh, they had a pharmacy school, which almost all the black pharmacists in the South from the 30s up until about 1950, when Texas, Texas uh, Southern received their school, Xavier produced all the black pharmacists in the South uh, came from Xavier. I'll be honest. So very strong chemistry program. So then you went to graduate school. And I went to Michigan State. Uh, New Orleans to East Lansing, Michigan was a, a <laughs> real change in my life. Not just the weather. Not just the weather. <laughs> Cultural change also. So you got your uh, master's there? Master's in chemistry, PhD in biochemistry and came here temporarily for two years to do research. That was the whole idea. We come, didn't, have, didn't even know where Oklahoma was on the map. But 21 years in New Orleans, and I've been here 50 years. So, so was there a professor here that uh, recruited you? Yes, uh, George Waller um, had the first gas chromatograph mass spectrometer in the United States, made in Sweden. Matter of fact, the story is that he had to have the National Guard. Uh, Belmont was, was, was the governor. He was a National Guard to bring it here because he could not bring it here by truck at all. I came here to do research for two years and we got some nice papers out and a job opened up here for full-time faculty and I was already here and they were interviewing people and I decided maybe I should interview this job too and so that's where it was. That's so, the rest is history. That's fantastic. So Jordan, tell us about (laughs) your background. Where'd you grow up? Uh, so I was actually born in a small town, Evansville, Indiana. Yeah. And I was there until I was five, and then my parents moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where they're both from. Uh, so I was raised in Kansas City, Missouri, from the age of five through high school. 
Um, during that time, my parents got divorced and my dad moved to Oklahoma City. And um, I would go see him every summer and holidays. And then uh, that's when my interest into Oklahoma State started to come uh, from just watching the, the sports uh, with him. And uh, I was Was a he big, an Oklahoma State fan? He was an Oklahoma State fan. Um, I, was, I was big into, I think it was John Lucas III at the time was mm -hmm. playing basketball. Yeah, basketball. And yeah. uh, James Ann Curry and a few of them. So I was into kind of into the basketball and I wasn't even thinking about the, if they had a good engineering school <laughs> or anything like that. Um, my dad is an electrical engineer. My mom is, is an accountant. So my, uh, my inspiration to be an electrical engineer kind of came from my dad. And I knew from high school, freshman year, that that's kind of where I wanted to go. Although, ironically, that's not exactly what uh, I do for Phillips 66 today. Right. We're going to get into that. <laughs> yes. You're, uh, were you a basketball player? Uh, yeah, I, I played basketball and all the way through to high school. And then when I got to college, I just did, of course, inter intramural sports this year. So. Well, that's, that's great. Well, it, it uh, just talk a little bit, Earl, and I'm sure you're, you were a professor here and not a student. Yes. So uh, your experience is a little, little different. But uh, as you know, we've and you and I have discussed a number of times over the years, uh, our, we, our, we, want to, we want to be a more diverse campus. And, uh, but I know there's been some rough sledding over the years here. Uh, yeah, over the years, <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen a lot of it. But also have seen the changes that have occurred. Uh, we've gone through several top, uh, rough periods during my lifetime here. But one of the things that's fascinating about my experience at OSU is that I had a great environment that I was in with my colleagues in the department. Uh, being an African-American professor, uh, one expects a lot from you in terms of uh, the community. Right. And so not only did I have to publish papers, but also was required to uh, somewhat socially involved in the community. So I was very much involved in the community, the students, and also with the community of Stillwater. Because Stillwater has a black community, uh, unusual, uh, but they've been here since before. I found out, found out since 1907 they've been here for that long in that community. Really? And uh, so I became involved with the community, uh, with the uh, local community, also with the students, and was advisor to the African American Student Organization when they first formed it. And so I spent a lot of time with the students. And I figured that my responsibility was to try to uh, help students to understand that whenever things go wrong with you or you're confronted with problems, that it's not you. You have to pick up your feet and move on and move on in a direction. And so part of my uh, reason for being here was to really uh, be a role model and take the hit and not be positive about lots of things. And so I think that was very helpful to me also. But it also helped having a, a good wife, too. My yeah. wife was very helpful. And it, it, all of us benefit from that. Jordan, uh, you came, of course, much later in uh, 2012. And uh, it, uh, it was, was, it, was it hard coming here as a, as a person of color? Or were you, like, in your high school in Kansas City? And <laughs> so, was, it, yeah. was it integrated? In Kansas City, it was integrated. It was, um, you didn't quite see as much of um, the racial issues uh, while in while in school, I didn't really have um, that much um, that I dealt with. But coming to Oklahoma and coming to Stillwater, it was still kind of different uh, because of the actual overall population here. At and in, in 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 school, it was like I think four percent at the time, African American maybe. Um, 
So the, the thing that kind of helped me transition was that I actually came to a summer bridge program that ConocoPhillips had probably the uh, summer before my freshman year. And that kind of helped me meet some people and other students prior to coming. That way when school kind of did start off, I at least had that small community that I did kind of know yeah. some people that um, it made it easier to transition. Um, but yeah, walking around campus is just not seeing many of us. And um, you know, I, I know things have kind of improved since then, but. Yeah, that, the numbers are not uh, dramatically different, but uh, while it, we have grown, We've grown really in, uh, in all areas of, of diversity, frankly. Of course, the Latinos, are, there are many, many more than there used to be. But uh, I, tell, uh, I tell everybody that's in the recruiting world here that really the best recruiting we can do is for the people here to have a great experience. I mean, if you have a great experience, then you go back to your high school and you tell your friends that that's a great place and everybody's friendly and you get a lot of support from your faculty and so on then you got a chance to recruit them. If they go, you go back, it's like a restaurant. You go, <laughs> you go back and say, that place is terrible. You know, well, you know, no, you're never going to go there. So it, uh, it, uh, we, we've, we've really tried to work hard to get people a little more involved with each other. Uh, in fact, Earl, I just ask you, one of the things I've noticed in all this is, and it's perfectly natural human phenomena, that you like to be around people that look like you and yes. have your experience in the same, in all that. It's, it's kind of natural to gravitate that way. But our challenge is to get people to learn about each other. And, uh, and so then it becomes a shared experience. Uh, it, it, uh, for example, we have a lot of very outstanding uh, African-American students in Afro-Am, kind of the umbrella organization. Uh, but you don't see those move over into other things like uh, you know, homecoming or mortarboard or uh, some of those mainstream kinds of things that we've had. And I, I'm trying to get people to understand there's, you, you get out of your comfort zone a little bit. That's easy for me to say, being well, from the majority. Well, it's, it's, it's not easy for anybody. It's, it's not easy for you to say either, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. Because our culture is a divisive culture. And we come from an environment where we focus more on our differences than we do on the things that we have in common. So I spent a good part of the last, last 10 years or so, uh, since I retired, focusing on trying to find those things that bring us together and to not focus on our differences. Mm. And that's been hard to do. Uh, my last year, I taught a diversity class, a class for honor students, best class I ever had. Had How's a mix, mixture of students, they were of different backgrounds, and teaching those kids about diversity was really interesting because they had never been approached that way before about trying to look at their common grounds rather than differences. I had them look at their differences too, but I had them look more and focus on what they had in common. And they discovered some things about each other. They came across some lines, but that's the hard part is getting people to look at the things that, that bring you together. Well, that, that's kind of... Uh that's kind of our politics today. Yes, that's, trying that's, to that's, trying to focus <laughs> on our differences and not uh, what we all can agree on. The uh, well, you you've gone now to Phillips Petroleum. Tell us a little bit about your career there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I actually got an internship um, my the last my senior year. Uh, I had an internship for Phillips sixty six in IT in Houston, and. Uh, it was a great experience, and it's actually what kept me interested in Phillips 66 was the culture. 
Um, that's kind of a big key driver for well, me. They they bring a very handsome check every year, <laughs> and, a, and a good part of it is focused on diversity. Yes, yes, and they, the the culture, the um, just the way they kind of interact. I mean, you go to a lot of different companies that when you're walking past someone, they may not say anything to you. And just with Philip 66, I experienced they're always trying to help. They're always willing to kind of um, see how your day is going and and just give you that family environment. I mean, somewhere that you're going to spend majority of your time uh, during the week, you want it to feel like, you know, it's kind of like home. It's never home, but right. it gives you that comforting feeling. So well, a lot of people say that about this <laughs> campus. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you been to that Endeavor? Have you been over to the Endeavor facility? Uh, I have not. Oh, yet. you got to go see that. It's, it's or that yeah. That's the new engineering the engineering lab, uh, well, they don't like me to use the facility out there, <laughs> yes. but it's for research okay. for, for people all over the campus. But you won't believe the equipment that's in there. Wow. I mean, it's, it's you make a point while you're here. To, yeah. It's just right north of the new business building. Okay, yeah, I have seen, I have seen the business yeah, building. It's, oh, it's, but, it's okay. pretty cool, too. Well, Dr. Mitchell, you've been, uh, I mentioned in the opening that you were the first African-American tenured professor we had here at Oklahoma State University says a lot about you and it also says a little bit about the university <laughs> I might add. Uh, and you've had a lot of firsts uh, over, over the years. Uh, for a student starting out here, what would be your advice so they can be a first at something? Well, I think the first thing, you have to have really good self-confidence. Uh, not cocky, but self-confident. And I'm kind of like Muhammad Ali says, I'm the greatest. Well, he could say it because he was. <laughs> yeah. But you have to have that kind of attitude uh, not braggadocious about it, but first, self-confidence. And second, uh, never be afraid to step up to do something. Uh, don't be reluctant uh, because it's, it will help you to move on a lot, lot further and you can offer an awful lot because most of us, we're very humble, most of us, we don't think we're as good as we are. But you have a responsibility to be the best you can be and never apologize for trying to do good. That's the main thing. Uh, what would be your advice, uh, Jordan, to, uh, to uh, new students, uh, African-American or otherwise, that come to Oklahoma State to have the best experience? You mentioned you mentioned going to that, uh, that internship yes. before you started. You know, we have something called Camp Cowboy here. Yes, I've heard of that. And, yes. and that's a the three-day course, course, I call it. It's a three-day kind of outing here but with a lot of other students and that's they learned about the traditions and a lot about the campus but but mainly they meet each other so that when they show up they actually see some some familiar faces so actually um, my sister is a freshman here oh really at Oklahoma State uh, her name is Shayla Knight and uh, you know ever, ever come by and see <laughs> I always make sure to tell her things that I may have not done while I was here that she should should do. Involvement is definitely one I told her to get very involved in campus uh, campus life. Um, I think a lot of times you have students that come to school and they're just so focused on the degree and no extra and then we outside have, and life. And then we have just the opposite with some that are yeah. only focused on the fun. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I encourage her to get involved in, you know, I was involved in National Society of Black Engineers. I held some leadership positions there. And I think a lot of, you know, not only joining an organization, but actually holding leadership positions is what kind of helped me get 
probably my first internship because my first internship was me, I got it as a sophomore. I don't have much class experience, but I have experience from being involved with National Society of Black Engineers. I had some, some skills that I could showcase um, to help for the fact that I didn't have the work experience yet or even classroom project well, experience. Well, it, it showed yet. leadership skills. Right. It showed that you had some leadership and interest. And you, and you met a lot of people that, that you, you make, make friends, I've found, when you're working together for a common goal. Nobody's trying to sell the other right. one anything. I mean, they're just... <laughs> exactly. And... What else would you tell your sister um, <laughs> Well, for the past four years, through Phillips 66, we have a P66 day that we kind of do on campus in August, right when school's starting. And I actually have organized a diversity panel that we have every year where we have some different backgrounds of the company come and sit on a panel and talk with the students and answer questions about how to be prepared for the career fair, um, you know, how to go about that, getting that internship, and then also how to be involved in student life because a lot of students would like to just take summer classes and get that 4.0, have no experience, no organization that they've been involved in, and then, you know, wonder why they may come out and still be looking for a job because they never, you know, try to take the time to actually be involved and get that experience through internships. And I kind of press the importance of internships and going to the career fair even as a freshman. That's one thing I've told my, my sister is, I know you're a freshman and you may even be forced to go now these days. Sometimes they make you go as a freshman, but just go, dress up, and you know, make sure you present yourself well, research the companies before you go. I was like, you may not have any experience besides a high school grocery store, but just you know, come prepared. You never yeah. know. Yeah, I've, I always tell them, if you're gonna go interview with a company, get on Google and learn everything <laughs> exactly. you can about that company. <laughs> exactly. Thing. Earl, you've, uh, just speaking to uh, Jordan's comments about getting involved, you, you have been involved in almost everything. I've, been, I've watched you all the years, admired you and all yes, you've done. Yes, and yes. and uh, you've really been involved way past just the Stillwater <laughs> community all, all over the state and the country. But let me take you back to that diversity class that you yes. taught. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are a couple of the main takeaways that you tried to get across to your students? Well, the, the main takeaway, uh, I'm glad you asked the question because I, I met a student uh, about a couple of weeks ago who took that class. He was uh, in Stillwater. And he came by to tell me, he says, you know, I, I took that class. He says, I, ever since that class, I have understood what, I, what you call white privilege. And I say, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, we talked about white privilege. And I had never thought about that before. He says, I know I can't change who I was. I can't change my parents. And you can't change yours. But what I learned is that I didn't have to use that as a means of getting ahead of somebody by having that privilege and not understand another person struggling. So I've always learned that part, that, uh, that I had a special responsibility because I was privileged and to not use that privilege as an advantage over others. Yeah. And he says that was one of the things that I learned from that class. And that was really a, a good take home lesson. But the main thing for, for, for African American students, uh, I wanted them to understand, is that because someone may call your name or something happened to you, it doesn't mean you don't turn your homework assignment. You don't get mad and not do your work. And you're punishing yourself. Yeah, and what you do is you make sure that the next time uh, you, it's even better. So just lift your head up and move on down the road because you're going to be confronted with it at some time in your career and, it's not gonna, and it should not wipe you out, and you will. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, 
it's it's hard for people that are in the majority to be able to step into your shoes and understand yes. the things that that would be offensive if you were they just but they're oblivious to it and it's it's uh, something we're trying to make people more aware of and and just pretend we're all green i mean <laughs> that's right it doesn't matter what color you know it just we're we're all all we're, we're colorblind and that's uh, that's really and, the way and, I hope yeah, we are and the other here. one other thing is i also also try to do is focus on things that you see in other people that you like in terms of common ground I say, use those as means of communicating. Don't let the differences divide you. Find those things that you work with. And you find that professionally when you get into the job situation. Because my experiences on my job was that I had great colleagues in my department. And we had one goal in experimentation to do research, publish papers, and to teach the students. And to extend that, and that, we knew, understood that goal very well. Jordan. You're not even 30 years old yet, and you're already a rising star. I mean, it's, it's here. It's in this program. Your, your face is in this program. How in the world does that feel? I'm very humble and honored. Uh, it, it was, it's an overwhelming feeling, but a, but a good one. I've had so many people reach out to me not just from OSU, but actually from Phillips 66 and congratulate me. and. Um, just to know that I'm receiving this award, kind of, uh, just, I just have to thank, thank God that I'm, I'm doing, I guess, something right to where people are kind of noticing my achievements. Uh, but I'm just very honored. Well, for you've this. had a, you've had a lot of achievements, and we hope that you'll be back here in a few years when you have a, have a little <laughs> few more wrinkles <laughs> and and be honored into the Hall of Fame like Earl. Yes, I hope so too. Our commitment to diversity at Oklahoma State University is strong. Our Division of Institutional Diversity, which is led by Dr. Jason Kirksey, is dedicated to ensuring that the contributions of all members of the OSU community are respected, valued, and celebrated. The Diversity Hall of Fame ceremony is one way we celebrate these contributions. You can watch all the ceremonies on O-State TV. Just go to ostate.tv and search Diversity Hall of Fame. And that's this week's Inside OSU podcast. We'll be back next week. So click the subscribe button on iTunes and make sure you don't miss it. I'm Burns Hargis. Thanks for listening.